You're listening to episode 21 of the Japan Games Cast. On this week's show, Metroid Dread gets a new trailer, the Sega Saturn Mini is real, kind of, and a new Pokemon edition Switch Lite is revealed. All this and more, coming up. Welcome to Japan Games Cast, the Japanese gaming news podcast recorded in Tokyo, Japan. I'm your host, Julian, aka Kanten Gamer, and joining me, as always, is my co host, Ryan. Hey, what's up, man? Are you ready for another week of news? A、uh, week am, of heavy gaming. <laughs> I'm definitely ready, yeah. After all that、uh, outdoor adventuring this week. Yeah, me and,、uh, me and Ryan went to the beach this week, for anyone that cares. But、um, <laughs> it, it rained. It rained. The, it was the, the worst. Day for the beach, but it was actually kind of fun, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't, I was just happy to be outside of, of the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets a bit、uh, depressing, you know, in front of the monitor all the time, but we're, we're back at it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So,、um, just before we dive into the actual news this week,、uh, there's a cool little thing I wanted to show off.、Um, in Japan,、uh, the company Bandai, that everybody knows, is a huge entertainment company.、Uh, they actually have a candy division. And they're making these new little Pikmin gummy candies, and they look adorable. And quite frankly, they look delicious, and I really want to eat some. <laughs> oh, yeah, these look crazy. That's wild.、Um, so,、uh, yeah, they come in these little packets. These are quite common to see、um, in Japan. I mean, lots of countries do the similar things, but in Japan, they're usually like anime themed or game themed. And they're just like little gummy candies for kids、um, or adults, you know. Probably shouldn't, should, probably shouldn't buy them, but I will. People like you. <laughs> but、um, yeah, I always see in the shops like, you know, like Mario ones or like Pikachu ones or like, I don't know, anime like Kimetsu no Yaiba or, I don't know, Dragon Ball Z or something like that, you know. Lots、mm. of different things here.、Um, but yeah, they come in like these th- three main variations.、Um, so you've got the, the obviously the classic, the blue, yellow, and the red Pikmin. And、uh, there's also like a rare, the white Pikmin. But it says here,、oh. it, says, it says rare. And let's get the picture up a little bit here. The blue ones are grape flavors, budo.、Uh, the yellow are orange flavors. And the red are apple flavor. And then it looks like the white ones are strawberry and lemon, kind of mixed. Oh, no, no. The, the, the flower is strawberry and the body is lemon. Ooh,、so、mixed flavors.、Cool. Yeah, how yeah. Rare, how rare are we talking? You know,、uh, are we talking like one, one per pack or like one per 100 packs? You know? I, Doesn't say actually. It just says rare and then it says like white Pikmin. It's like super sour. So, Goku,、uh, super, super bite.、Um, but it doesn't say how many or like what's the likelihood. But I guess maybe there's probably like one in every pack, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You're a Pikmin fan, right? I love Pikmin. Yeah, it's, it's great.、Uh, I've never eaten one, but <laughs> they look delicious. Um, yeah. yeah, no, the, the game's great and、uh, they're very adorable. So it feels like a good match for this kind of product, you know, little candies. And, the, you know, and the characters, like in real life, you know, they are actually like really tiny, right? So I feel like the candies could almost be like life size Pikmin.、So、yeah. It's, it's, it's quite cute. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, we'll have to get some of those. Yeah, that's it. All right. So、uh, our main. Uh, well, our first main news story of the week、uh, was the,、uh, the tragic the passing away of a gentleman called、uh, Maki Kaji, who I'd never actually heard of before, and I'm sure a lot of people hadn't heard of before either.、Um, but he was, he's been dubbed the,、uh, the godfather of Sudoku. which、um, Are you familiar with the game, Ryan? Yeah, I've played a little bit.、Um, I'm not very good, 
but <laughs> you know, I try. Yeah, yeah, I used to play it a lot um, on brain training on the DS. That's the first time I like got into it. Um, but there's been loads of like digital versions of the game throughout, you know, throughout the years. And there's a pretty decent one on the Switch. Um, I think it's just called Sudoku. It's just very, you know, nothing, nothing fancy. Just uh, oh, it's, okay. It's, it's just the game, but you know, in like high res. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty popular in Japan. Like they sell these books, and they have like graded levels of Sudoku. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and they get like they get harder as you go like through the book. Like a lot of them are designed to be like just increasing in uh, complexity. Yeah, those, those books get pretty thick as well don't they they're like they're little bibles man they're like chunky <laughs> yeah yeah it's wild the concept is quite simple right i mean i think in this example you can see on the board here between behind uh uh kaji-san uh it's like nine three by three squares so the board is like nine by nine and the concept for anyone that doesn't know how to play sudoku is that like uh in each of these nine larger groups you have to put one of each number of one to nine but any of those numbers, it can't be on the same row or column as another number that is the same. So uh, it's kind of hard to see from here. But say, like for example, the, the nine here. So if you put if there's a nine here, then there can't be another nine on this row, or there can't be another nine on this column. So when you try and find the nine in this square, it definitely can't be here because that nine's already in the row, and then it can't be up here because there's a nine there already. So half of the, half or like 30 or 40% of the, the tiles are already populated. Um, the harder it is, the less uh, clues you're given. But that's generally the concept is you get some of the squares filled out and um, you have to basically fill in the blanks and just complete the, the puzzle basically. Yeah, it's pretty tough to like, it really makes you think a lot, a lot of like checking and going back and like rearranging stuff. Yeah, so, it's uh, it's it's a great puzzle, I think, for you know trying to keep keep your brain alive. You know, so like a lot of um, I heard it was very popular with like older people. Um, so this is a little video here we've got of um, the Sudoku from Brain Training. So this is like I said, this is the first time I've ever played the game, but I just kind of got addicted to it. It's really it's so simple, but it's so fun. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I just got like the Solitaire, you know, Microsoft like re-released Solitaire again, mm. and it's like on mobile and uh, PC and stuff. So I've been playing Solitaire again, and you know, I don't really know why. Just yeah, like yeah. When, sometimes you just want to chill out and and play Solitaire. You know? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> just like let your let your brain just fizzle out, you know. Um, yeah, but it's like it's like the simpler the game is actually, the, the more complex it can it can become. Because like the what the, then the the ways to like get better at it become you have to get more creative. Whereas like when a game has tons of rules, it just kind of gets a bit overwhelming, <laughs> mm. you know. Um, but yeah, so moving back over to the article, I was just going to read this little clip. Uh, this is from uh, Kotaku. Uh, it says uh, Kaji reworked existing number puzzles to create what would become Sudoku, according to Reuters. Originally called Number Place, Sudoku is short for Suji wa Dokushi ni Kagiru, which means numbers must remain single. The Oxford English Dictionary says it was Kaji who introduced the word Sudoku to the English language. So um, yeah, this guy worked for like a big publisher, it seems. Um, and I was just looking on um, Wikipedia. It seems the game actually originates from France. 
Um, so this this game called Number Place, um, and I can't even pronounce this word. Like Le, Le Cecil, Le Cecil is the like a, a newspaper that used to have this um, kind of number games in them, and it had like, magic squares. So it's kind of similar here. You can see this this example here looks very mm. similar, right? Um, but you know, it was it was it was fine, and it kind of just ticked along. Um, but it it wasn't until um, uh, this guy Kaji, right? He 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 was very fond of puzzles, and he came across this this thing, and he he made some minor alterations to it. But when he was working at um, this um, this paper called the uh, the Monthly Nicholist uh, here uh, in April 1984, it says uh, he kind of published the first one, and it just kind of blew up, and it became like super super popular. And that's kind of yeah, how the, the legacy was born, really. Yeah, it's a cool game. I, I love any kind of simple and like classic game because like they're just timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always going to be there. And it, it's it's always the same experience, you know, for everyone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you don't get updated versions of Sudoku for each console generation, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's just a game. But uh. Yeah, that's well. It's sad to hear he passed away, but it's it is pretty cool that he popularized uh, Sudoku and uh, that it's still around today. You know, still loved by everybody. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I was quite surprised when I saw uh, this news, not just in like gaming news, but uh, just like the national like NHK news. So like, I don't mm. think he was like really popular, like famous person, but I think it's a testament to like how popular the game is. That like when people found out the not quite creator but the guy who like popularized it you know um when he passed away a lot of people were actually quite sad and a lot of people mm-hmm. like myself never realized you know who he actually was so it's quite cool to read about him and you know what he did and uh yeah i mean i thought the whole industry is always built off these innovative like creative people right so uh we thank you uh for your services kaji sam well cool yeah uh i guess we'll move on to uh, the next story then yeah. So next, uh, next up, we're looking at Metroid Dread. That's uh, it. Yeah, which I'm sure we're all familiar with. Uh, <laughs> it was announced uh, during E3, and uh, so they've set the release date as October 8th. That was mm. announced before, but just a reminder. And um, so there's a website uh, called uh, run by Nintendo with the Metroid Dread report, right? Mm. And um, on here we have some a new trailer. Metroid Dread that we we're gonna check out today. Um, I haven't seen it yet, and I don't think you've seen it yet either. No, yeah. So, so actually, right. I was holding off on any more trailers until the game actually came out. Mm. But I don't know. I thought like uh, we'll we'll do it for the viewers, you know. But we'll we'll spoil ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. It's probably it's probably not too spoilery because um, you know, it's just a just a official trailer, right? I'm sure, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this is the, the the Dread Report we've got here, uh, which is the uh, volume five of this like weekly um, kind of build up to the the release of uh, Metro Dread. But yeah, let's move over and check out the trailer first, and then we'll come back and check out the report. <laughs> there it is, X Parasite. It's back. Oh man, this looks so good. You know, the thing I'm most excited about this game is like the music. <laughs> I just love Metro music. It's so oh yeah, 
It's so deep, man. Oh, so there are seven of these robots, okay. So I guess they're, they're more like mini enemies. bosses. Disappeared. Oh dear. Emmy is kind of a cute name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit misleading, isn't it? Entering the atmosphere in T minus ten. Yeah, this looks nice, though, man. Looks, looks really awesome. Yeah. I mean, we we already know what like what the switch is capable of. You know, we're not expecting to get blown away, but. I don't know, I have to see some other recent games. You know, like we kind of like watched Pokemon last week and this looks a bit janky, right? But mm. that's the problem with Pokemon. It's like, it's not made by Nintendo. So like, even though like they kind of half own the company, <laughs> you know, their, yeah. their, their development magic is not behind the games. But, you know, for Metroid, yeah, it's this, a different story. This looks great. This looks I really mean, nice, yeah. So I yeah, this is... seen a, a modern Metroid game, you know. Except not for really. Maybe, you know, Samus Returns was kind of modern. But... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh, that, that was that, that was it. That was kind of a kind of ended. So she she wakes up there in some front of some kind of like Chozo temple, I think. Wow, that that looks awesome. Yeah, I yeah. Want to wa watch it again? <laughs> yeah, that's actually that was nice because it wasn't so much a trailer but more like a teaser. You know, she just she's yeah. coming in to land. Like, she might maybe she crashed or something. I'm not sure. Like she kind of wakes up in front of the door there. You know. Um, and then it just yeah. that just kind of ended very like un um, unclimactic, but but probably yeah, better it gets, for it, you know. Gets you hyped, you know. Gets you hyped up for the game. That's it's it. Yeah, it's, you know, Metroid's all about the mystery, you know. Um, so even though the, the I will admit, even though I'm a huge fan of the games, like the story's never like really intense because it's more about the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. There's just like there's little bits of story just to like point you in the direct direction and kind of like just to like set the world like the mood of the world right so you understand like what's going on but there's not like hundreds of cutscenes and like, like dialogue and stuff it's, it's very minimal on, in that regard yeah yeah it, al it almost seems like you're uncovering like the lore of the of the world of metroid like as you explore mm. so it's usually it's usually not like in your face you know and it's always like um, kind of told through the environments so like um especially i thought it was really cool in um super metroid like um there's like the ghost ship which is like an old like pirate ship base and there's like, like we like ghosts and stuff in there but like you get so much information from just like the design of the world it's really really cool i just love it <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a huge metroid fan as well and i just recently played through uh samus returns on the 3ds mm. um i think you did as well right yeah yeah um, like a couple of i just finished it a couple of weeks ago yeah so um i might s skip over super metroid because i still need to do a fusion as well and i'm running out of time until the game uh, dread comes out and i don't have a lot of time to game at the moment but I've, I've played super metroid like so many times that I, feel, I don't feel like i need to go back to that one i i, I already know how that goes so. <laughs> yeah 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 all right well uh yeah let's jump over to the dread report and uh check out what's going on over here so uh like i said this is volume five and if you want to catch up with uh, the previous four volumes then uh it's all posted on the official nintendo website um, but this one is focused around uh, Samus's powers, so it's called uh, Dread Report Volume Five: The Powers of Samus. So, growing up as Samus Aran, so it kind of uh, I won't read everything. Uh, it obviously goes quite deep, but uh, the kind of history of Samus as a character. You know, she was uh, part of a human colony that got attacked by the space pirates. Everyone died except for her. She managed to escape, 
And then she was adopted by the Chozo, these kind of weird, tall, lanky kind of bird type creatures who are very like technologically advanced. And in order for her to be able to survive on uh, their planet, uh, she basically was like infused with the Chozo DNA. And then that's what allows her to be able to wear this power armor, which is her, you know, her famous suit, um, which was made by the Chozo. So there's a lot of like heavy ties to the to that race and it looks they've been teasing a lot of that for them in this dread game right they keep showing like little bits of chozo and there's even like a chozo that's still alive it's because this is the end of the story right everyone's thinking like well they're probably going to try and you know delve a little bit deeper into that race so it's always been mysterious for so long so i'm pretty yeah, excited for that that's interesting that they're they're saying it's like the end of the of the story of metroid mm. at least of the of the race of metroids right yeah like, yeah like the creatures um not the not the whole franchise right <laughs> no it's just, just it's just this, this art this story arc that began with the very first metroid mm. and has kind of continued over this is like her samus's like main mission so like um i believe prime all the prime games take place between metroid 2 and super metroid so she she does metroid 2 and she she thinks she's killed all the metroids except for that last one she gives it to the uh the Galactic Federation Force, and then she goes off, and then she responds to like another distress signal, and then that's what leads to Prime, right? She just goes off and does another mission, and then comes back. But I think that's one of the cool kind of aspects of the story. It leaves you a lot of flexibility because you know, as the concept of like being a bounty hunter, you can just she can just be anywhere doing anything, and you can just call it like a mission, right? So, um, when they want to make yeah. a new game, eventually. They can just be like, oh yeah, she goes on another mission, you know. <laughs> it doesn't need like it doesn't need any explaining mm. or like it doesn't need to be like shoehorned in. Not like you know like the Zelda timeline, which is like an absolute mess. And it's just, I don't believe for a second anyone thought about that as like a one coherent experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I was shocked when they added the timeline to Zelda because I thought like mm. it's it's just a story that you know it's a legend, right? It just keeps changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, but uh, yeah, but. It's going to be cool to see uh, how they wrap up the story. And um, mm -hmm. I'm, I need to go back and check out these uh, Dread reports because I haven't been uh, reading through any of them. I only checked out the first one, actually. Yeah, I was trying to, again, not trying not to spoil myself too much, but this one doesn't seem too bad, actually. Yeah, we've got some concept art there with the power suit. Yeah, that's it. So new trailer, um, new Dread report. And uh, I guess I think they're going to do a Dread report every week until the game comes out. So... Oh, wow. There should be quite a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not every week, but maybe they'll stop at like 10 or something. I don't know. But they've been pretty consistent so far and they're quite detailed. So, uh, yeah, check those out if you're interested. Yeah, so uh, up next, uh, we've got a kind of an unusual story. And I'm still not sure I have all the details on this because it seems like a bit of like, um, you know, a uh, bit of like a niche kind of enthusiast kind of product and i'm sure a lot of people in the scene know a little bit more about it than, than me but i'm trying to pick up the details as i go along here um, but it seems that there's been a new um kind of emulation uh board that's compatible with raspberry pi um designed around the sega saturn but not the original sega saturn uh it's kind of like a model um like a mini plastic model <laughs> so this is the original article i saw here uh this is on four gamer um i couldn't actually find any english articles about this um but it basically says that this board is called the mini ss main board for cm4 lights um and it's gonna be coming out or pre-orders will be going uh live soon 
Um, and it's going to be shipped by a, a Taiwanese company called Retro Game Restore. Or Restore, sorry. Uh, but you can see in the picture here, there's like a board and there's this, uh, this kind of curious looking mini Sega Saturn. So this kind of had me interested. Um, so a little bit of research uh, led me to uh, a Bandai products, actually. We're talking about Bandai again, it's just the biggest like toy company in Japan. Biggest one of the biggest companies in Japan, so they just own everything. Um, but they also do a lot of these, like, um, you might have heard of, like, Gunpara. Have you ever heard of this before? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Gundam, Gundam Plastic, right? Yeah, so these, like, little mini models, and you, you break all the pieces and build them. Um, so they have a whole hobby website here. Um, this one down here is called Best Hit Chronicle, which um, is a ridiculous name. Um, but you can see it's, like, Bandai collaboration with hit product companies. So meaning that, like, Anything that was like a big selling product throughout the time. Uh, you can see there's like a timeline here. And there's a, I guess that's Cup Noodle back there, like Showa era, 1975. So maybe like watches, like there's a Walkman, shoes or whatever. There's a dog. That might be like Ibo or something, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, a Motorola Razor, whatever. All these different kinds of products. So um, they've actually got a line of these like consoles. So they've got uh, PlayStation 1, which is pretty cool. And you can see it comes out in all these little pieces here. And it looks pretty legit, you know, when it's when it's built. Um, and they've also oh, got wow. a Sega Saturn. So, um, oh, yeah. again, you buy it and it's, oh, it looks like it's about 30 or 40 pieces. Um, mm. And not too expensive. It's about 30, 20, what's about $25 um, for the model. And I guess, you know, if anyone likes to collect those kind of things, it's pretty cool. So that's kind of the product that already exists. So if you go back to this picture, you can see the box behind it is the box that you buy. And it says Bessit Chronicle there, Bandai. And it's just the model. So people want to put this actual Raspberry Pi board inside the model and make it like functional, right? Basically, the... yeah. So <laughs> uh, it, it gets quite confusing. So um, we'll just kind of dig a little bit deeper here. You see in this picture, there's like this square board here, this kind of rectangular board on top of the main board here. So this smaller board is actually the Raspberry Pi. The Raspberry Pi is really tiny, actually. Um, so it looks like it's a Raspberry Pi Compute Module 4. So I've used the Raspberry Pi the very first edition, but I haven't been keeping up with them across the year. So um, I don't know exactly what this thing is capable of, but I know they've been getting pretty pretty decent and uh, there's a lot of software for them now that uh, can push some surprisingly good like graphics and stuff, you know? Um, so what I believe this does is like, you know, you load um, the RetroPie emulator or like operating system onto Raspberry Pi, which is like basically, um, it's just like an emulating uh, it's either an app or an operating system entirely. I'm not sure the, the difference. Um, but you load RetroPie onto this board. This board then connects to uh, this this board that we're seeing uh, here, which is the mini mini SS blah 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 whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. um, so you see the, these two connectors here. That's where the, the Raspberry Pi Pi connects in. But what what this board does is um, not only fits inside the Sega Saturn. But it has a composite output, a HDMI output. It has um, uh, another external connection for Ethernet as well. So it's like a kind of like an expansion board that will basically allow you to play all these console games on the TV. And then it just so happens that, you know, it will look like uh, a Sega Saturn when it's finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. So there's actually a couple of videos um, on the, the website you can check out, um, but I thought this was probably the most interesting one here. This is the RGR Mini SS HDMI output test. So in short words, it's just the HDMI test for the board. So you can see here, uh, there's one of these little mini model Sega Saturns, 
And it's actually got all the cables sticking out the back. So it looks like super legit. And even the board has like LEDs on it. So that shines through the front. So the light's blinking there at the front. So it looks like really, really proper. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, you can see here it's loaded up into RetroPie. So yeah, maybe RetroPie is the operating system. Uh, if anyone's watching that knows a bit more about this, then please feel free to correct me. But um, yeah, so they're loading... Oh, Dragon Panzer, Panzer Dragoon, sorry. Oh, actually, they've got Panzer Dragoon and uh, Virtue Tennis. So it looks like it loads straight into the menu, then you choose Sega Saturn. And yeah, it looks like the game is kind of just loaded straight up. So that's pretty... That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice. And um, like on this sort of thing, you could also like run other emulators for other consoles too, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I believe on like RetroPie, when you load it up, it's just like it comes up with a menu and you scroll through all the different consoles. And then you just, then you can look through the library of whatever ROMs you have for each console. Uh, um, like, so actually a few years ago for a, a Christmas gift from my uncle, he sent me mm. a, uh, a RetroPie in like a in like a shell of a original NES. Oh, okay. But it, oh, but it was like a really tiny box. It was like you know, oh, wow, like okay. the size of a cell phone or something. Oh. Um, but it, it kind of looked like an NES, and you could like plug a USB in there, and it had like a HDMI out and stuff. Mm, okay, so, that's um, cool. But it didn't have a custom board. It was just the, I think it was the regular Raspberry Pi had just been like put in like a tiny NES box. Yeah, that yeah. Makes any sense. It's, oh, that's it's kind cool, of yeah. a, a homemade like DIY kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, look. Uh, so you can see how tiny it is here. The guy picks it up. <laughs> it looks kind of like big, right? When it's on the on the on the table, but when he actually picks it up, his hands just like dwarfs it. <laughs> well, and since this is an actual model, it it looks a lot closer to like the real one. Yeah, that's it. Because uh, the one I had, it you know, it doesn't really look like an NES. It just kind of, it's similar, you know. Oh, I thought it was like a kind of replica model, but I was it, just going to say like... just kind of like a similar looking, you know, it wasn't like uh, one for one mm. or anything or like... Sure, know, sure. Same, same proportions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, in our last bit of news, uh, we're going to look at this new Switch Lite color that was announced during the uh, Pokemon Presents last week. Mm -hmm. um, and it's based on the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes that are coming out on November 19th. Um, this new model of Switch is a gray color, and uh, it's coming out on November 5th, so it'll actually be sold before the uh, games. Mm. And uh, it looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I so really it's got this, like, like a, this color. Yeah, it's like a kind of like pearlescent black. It's really kind of hard to see like in the photos, but it looks black, but also like very dark gray. And then it's got this yeah, like, kind of shine to it. Yeah, I think this might be my favorite color on the Switch Lite so far. Mm, um, it does look nice, yeah, for sure. I liked the other one, other colors as well, but uh, they're just so like bright and kind of plasticky looking. Mm. So this to me looks a little bit more like a premium kind of thing. Um, yeah, it it does have Pokemon designs on the back. And yeah, I so believe... that's that's the trade off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Dialga and Pal. Palkia, Palkia, <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah. Palkia, yeah. I don't know these Pokemon, but um, apparently they were also on the DS design. So there was a Nintendo they DS. Were, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like a special edition DS that had the similar design, and so this is kind of a callback to that custom DS. 
Yeah, so I think this was a little while ago. I think this was when the, the original Diamond and Pearl first came out, but you can see the, uh, the pictures here. Uh, actually, the image is almost the same. It's almost exactly the same, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very the, uh, similar uh, kind of stencil. Uh, it looks cool, though. You know, it, It's quite classy, I'd say. Um, as classy as like a Pokemon stamped on a console can look. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't um, like the the grey and like red and blue one they made for Sword and Shield. Yeah, I, I was kind of excited for that one. Uh, but then when I saw it in person, I, I didn't think it looked that nice. Mm. Uh, something about the red and blue stick just looked a little bit weird. A bit janky. Yeah, yeah, it looked a little odd. But this looks a lot nicer. Um, mm. I don't have a Switch Lite yet. So if I get one, I might get one of these. Mm. Um, I probably won't, though. <laughs> i've got i've got a regular switch so you know i'll probably stick with that but yeah for this this pokemon edition i'm sure there are going to be a lot of uh, happy little kids this christmas uh maybe even get you know getting into pokemon for the very first time and uh that's cool because it just reminds me of when i was like i don't know like six years old and i uh, mm. i still i still remember the day vividly like i every saturday me and my mom would go to blockbuster video which you know used to be a thing <laughs> <laughs> and we rent a movie, right? My mom was always like, yeah, let's get a movie tonight and we'll, we'll, we'll hang out. And, uh, you know, I was a kid, so it was cool to hang out with your mom. That's totally cool. But that night I didn't hang out because when she went into poke, when she went to Blockbuster, she came out with a little bag. She gave me the bag and I opened it and there was Pokemon Blue inside and I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> and I, I just read the manual all the way home. And then when I got home, I just couldn't stop playing it. Like I was absolutely addicted to it. And I, re I remember I was awake till about four or five in the morning. Um, you know, my mom came in a couple of times before she went to bed to check, to check I wasn't oh, slow awake. And so I just pretended to be asleep, you know. And then like I had some like little dinky light I'd found somewhere. I like, I like sellotaped it to the, because uh, I was on the bottom bunk. Me and my brother had bunk beds. So I sellotaped mm -hmm. this little light up there. <laughs> I couldn't even see the screen, just like anything wow. to like play the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that, like, everyone talks about, like, being in the car and, like, it's dark outside, but you have to, like, lean out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're, like, leaning out the window and then, like, the street, the street lights will, like, illuminate <laughs> the Game Boy. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, like, just the uh, classic original Game Boy. Uh, yeah, novel, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, that, but that's it all for our, uh, this news this week. So, um, yeah, lots of cool stuff. Um, again, tragic passing of uh, Kaiju-san. Um, it's unfortunate to hear, um, but excited for the Metroid uh, Dread trailer and uh, for all you Pokemon fans, you know, I'm sure uh, there'll be a elbows in tussle to get one of those pre-orders in <laughs> before they sell out. All right. So are you ready to check out some uh, new releases, trailers? Yeah, let's do it, man. So uh, first up, we've got uh, Override 2 Super, Super Me Me Mecha League, Super Mecha League. Yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, I believe Super it's, um, <laughs> yeah, Super Mecha League, which I believe it's uh, based on Ultraman, um, which is the... It's like uh, a cartoon uh, cartoon from uh, like the 80s, I think. Uh, the, 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 the 50s or the 60s, it's really old. It's, it's not oh, even, is it, is it's it like um, Ultraman originally, you know, he was, they would do that thing where like they dress up in like a suit and then like smash oh, like a yeah. model city, you know, like... It was he, like a, a live action show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's something to do with Ultraman. I'm, I'm not actually too sure of this game, uh, 
But yeah, it's got this kind of like kaiju battle thing here. So this looks kind of fun. You know, it looks like obviously the more modern version. But it's called like mecha, like robot dinosaur here. Yeah, it reminds me of like the old Godzilla games mm. on like the PlayStation 2. They're kind of kind of like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that, that scene reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Katamari Damashi. You know, when you get big enough and you can start rolling up, like, countries and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, I don't know, the map just looked quite similar to it. Let's see, we've got some fighting mechanics here. Yeah, so this guy was just explaining, you know, all the different types of combat and stuff. Um, oh, here we go. Here's Ultraman. Um, oh, Black... Oh, I know that one. Black King, yeah. Yeah, this this reminds me of some like '90s cartoon. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's super like, Iron Man style, isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the game is nothing to do with Iron Man, but Iron Man is DLC in this game. So that, that was the, oh, okay. the differentiation. So I guess this is a series on its own, but but I guess because it's obviously heavily inspired by Ultraman, it just makes mm. sense that it would you know <laughs> they could do a, a a crossover like that. Uh, I see. Yeah. Well. uh yeah, it looks kind of cool. I mean, kids game, but uh, yeah, it looks nice. Mm. Sure yeah, I mean, look, looks like a fun little like party battle kind of thing, or I don't know, like um, if you've got kids or whatever and you want to get them a game that's kind of fun, but not too violent. It looks quite like there's no blood or anything. It's just kind of robots and stuff, so nothing too uh, too intense. <laughs> so next up, uh, we've got Neo Geo Pocket Color Selection Volume 1. So uh, Neo Geo was a uh, an old school like um, pocket console, basically like a Game Boy or something like that. Uh, way back when, I think it was actually developed by SNK. Um, uh... I'm not too sure on that. I feel like it was because, um, as you know, like SNK you know, makes a lot of these kind of classic arcade, the Japanese arcade games, things like Metal Slug and uh, Samurai Showdown, King of Fighters. Um, but I think they actually developed the console as well. Um, but this yeah, seems to be, yeah, like a, just a whole collection of these classic games. It looks looks a lot better than Game Boy, you know. Like, original Game Boy games look kind of terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was a, like... Um, it was like a step between a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy Advance. So, like, the, the color depth was a bit more... Um, yeah, it had more, like, diversity. Um but the resolution you can see is not as nice as some of like GBA games look really, really cool. But yeah, yeah oh, portable Metal Slug, there we go. Yeah, Metal Slug. Badass. Yeah, I've never actually played one of these. No, I never did actually. Um, I mean, they weren't very common in the UK when they came out, you know, when I was younger. Uh, I did have, um, uh, what was the Game Gear? That was it, the, the Sega handheld. Oh, and a, yeah. a Game Gear, yeah. Uh, but it didn't really get played a lot. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, 3D, 3D models of the original packaging. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> oh, nice. You can yeah. like, get the full experience there. Yeah, that's it. They can be played in monochrome as well. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah that's cool, man. Cool. Yeah. This Funky. is a Nintendo, Nintendo Switch, right? Nintendo Switch. Uh, that's it, yeah. Uh, it says available now and... Uh, physical version coming soon so i guess that'll be like a probably a limited run uh print for the physical version um so it feels like one of those games that most people won't actually play but a lot of people will just collect for the sake of it but like oh yeah <laughs> a lot of the games like admittedly weren't that great right they're just like you just collect them for the sake of it 
but especially when it's a physical version. <laughs> yeah, kind of a collector's game. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's some people out there with uh, love for the Neo Geo Pocket, right? Yeah, so, that's it. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, next up, uh, we've got Opus. Uh, and the name of this game is something like Seika no Hibiki, which means like Echo of the Star Song or like Star Song Reverb or something like that. Uh, it's one of those ones you can't really translate into English because it just sounds weird. But uh, let's take a look at this anyway. I believe this is like a rhythm game. Um, so you're going into, a, going into space to, to search for something. Oh, wow, this looks cool. Yeah, I've got some 2D... Oh, wow, this is, not a, this is not a rhythm game at all. This looks a bit like a flashback. Do you remember that game? Um, flashback? Flashback, it was on the snares, and it was on, it was on some oh, other consoles. Yeah. Like 2D, it like... It, it handled a bit like Prince of Persia or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, this, this actually cool. looks quite cool, yeah. Sort of unco uncovering the ancient, you know, stuff in like a yeah. It seems actually, like a th a three D world, but like with two D side scrolling elements to it. Yeah, so it's and, got uh, that very like very like pixelized. Um, sorry, like pop the that kind of polygonal kind of. Oh, there's your echo of Star Song. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you were right. So actually, I don't know if that is a Japanese game or not. Now, having seen it, I might have been I might have been mistaken. Um, but uh, but it does look pretty cool, um, and it's on Steam as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, uh, yeah, game. I mean, generally we talk about Japanese stuff on here, but I'm always up for talking about cool games if they're just cool. So that actually did pique my interest a little bit. So I'd definitely be up for checking that out. But anyway, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's yeah. our final trailer for this week. So. That kind of wraps up uh, this episode. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as always, uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Kantan underscore Japan. Uh, there's a possibility that we won't be here next week because I might have to go away and do, do some work halfway across the country. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be here. Um, but if there's no new episode, then uh, we'll be back the following week. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for joining me as always. Cool. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back next week or possibly the week after for the very next episode of the Japan Gamescast. Cast.